Hi, welcome to Trends in Low Places, a comedic exploration of the day's dumbest stories. I'm one of your hosts, Mike Cushing. And I'm Michael Howard. Hello, Michael. How are you? I'm great, Cush. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. I know neither of us really want to talk about this in general. We talked a little bit about the lead up to Trump's inauguration. I feel like one, everyone's already said stuff that we will probably say, but two, something that mirrors what we talked about last week. So much of this just is a circus show, huh? Yeah, I mean, like a lot of this doesn't matter at all. You know, the the crowd totals and you know who's performing at it. I mean, it's it's all really funny. It seems like it's distracting from like the real issues, but the the only thing I can take solace in is that Trump has such a thin skin and he hates criticism so much that even if only like six people listen to this podcast, I can hope that one day the criticism that we say about his crowd size or his tiny hands or his pee pee bed will eventually get to him and he will just be really upset about it. He'll be like, these two dudes on the internet we're talking shit about me. You know, that's honestly not a bad growth plan for us because right now, you know, it's pretty much just telling our friends that, hey, we're two morons doing a thing. But if we can get uh, old DJT to boost us out to all of his, uh, all the followers that Twitter just gave him by accident. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was not happy about You know, about maybe, that. maybe by accident we would we would acquire some, uh, well, some cool new listeners. Yeah, Pence showed up on my timeline and I almost threw my phone across the room. So um, Twitter yeah, owes me a new uh, phone. Yeah, that's on you, Jack. <laughs> Get at me, boy. I will say in response uh, this weekend, you know, obviously there are a lot of marches around the world. My reaction to Trump is just, yeah, so much of this just is a sideshow to, you know, whatever's coming next. And it's a lot of distraction. But I will say this was my first time getting out in the streets and actually organizing for anything. And it was a last minute decision for me. Um, I joined the the Women's March here in Atlanta. And I struggled with the decision to actually go because... I, ultimately, I went because my sister and mom down in South Florida couldn't go for various reasons. And I felt like, one, I wanted to witness it. But two, I just wanted to support people and learn and hear what, you know, what people were going through. And I'm very glad I did. It was the first time I've ever done something like that. Uh, it was a it was a very cool experience. It's interesting because as white males, we don't really get a whole lot of opportunity to go out and march for, I guess, causes that would affect us because... You know, we're we're kind of kind of had that whole white male privilege thing going. Yeah, been pretty strong. <laughs> right. So it's kind of interesting. And, you know, I, I felt conflicted over whether or not to go to the one here in Chicago. It was I mean, it turned out to be huge. They had to cancel Massive, the, yeah. you know, they canceled the March part of it because people were just packed everywhere between where it was supposed to start and where the March was supposed to end. So it just became just a giant rally. And, you know, I, I decided not to go kind of disappointing that I didn't but it was one of those things where it's like do they really need or want me out there yeah I hear that and that was definitely a struggle for me too and, and from what I've heard from when I talked to people and like what I saw like yeah I think you know it's always good to be, see an ally and you know see someone who supports you so yeah I just you know, I'm, I'm I don't know I, I feel went. uncomfortable it feels like I'm, I'm inserting myself into something that that isn't mine yeah, I, I I hear you. I think my thing is like I didn't I didn't carry any signs. Like it was really like for me, I just wanted to. I'd never assembled before. Like I'd never done anything like that. I wanted to see it. I wanted to witness it. I, if people needed help, I, that's you know, I wanted to be there. And in a in a little bit, here's how I viewed it. And I I saw some backlash from you know some of my conservative friends who were like. You know what rights are actually being taken away, or you know, you know just questioning it. And one, I, I say, protesting or assembling is never a bad thing. It's a right. You know, the Tea Party people did it. You know, in two thousand nine, two thousand twelve. I didn't really care for what they were assembling for, but you know, more power to you. But I think at the core of it, and why I, I think my ultimate decision that sent me out was this idea that. Donald Trump probably hasn't had a boss in at least 40 years, maybe longer. I don't really know how it was with his, you know, with his father. But whether he sees it this way or not, he now has 300 million bosses in all of us. And just like President Obama and President Bush did um, before him and Clinton and everyone, you know, whether he likes it or not, we are his boss. And the fact like to get out there on day one and make sure he sees that. I think that's healthy no matter what it is. So, uh it was it was nice. I'm I'm really glad I went. That's all I'll say. 
Yeah, like I said, I'm I'm kind of disappointed in myself that I I made the decision not to go. And the idea this must have been handed out at like the conservative talking points memo was the do you even know what you're marching about? Because that's all people were saying in response to anyone who tweeted about it or um, you know, we're on Facebook. It was like, do you even know what this is about? And it's like, yeah, it's a it's about a lot of things. It's about equality for not just women, but for LGBT, for minorities. It's about letting him know that we're here. You know, we're going to watch him. We're going to keep an eye on him. And, you know, a lot of people were like, what rights are being taken away? And it's, you know, somebody made the really good point that no rights have been taken away yet, but it's a lot easier to stop them from being taken away than it is to get them back once they have been taken away. Right, exactly. And the rhetoric yeah. coming out of, of his, you know, his cabinet uh, appointees, his, you know, chief of staff from him basically say that he is going to challenge a lot of the things that we've made progress on in the past 50 years. And a lot of people don't see us want to don't want to see us take a step back. Yeah. And even progress in the last eight years, right, really, right. you know, and it's <laughs> That, I think that's the, my my biggest thing with you know my conservative and particularly my libertarian friends. Like it's like yes, in a perfect world, the government wouldn't be necessary to like preserve these rights, but they it is like you know people had to fight for this, and you know I saw so many signs this weekend and beforehand. It's just like I can't believe I'm still protesting this shit held by like you know mm-hmm. older older women. And, you know, even, even I kept saying this to a couple of the people I was talking to afterward, you know, I saw a lot of it, 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 you know, to your point, it was women's rights. It was LGBTQ rights. It was, it was everything, but it was also people talking about uh, climate change and police community relations and all sorts of things. And it, it was, to me, it was more of a statement that like, to your point, we're here and we're watching you not protesting any one particular thing. It was just, we're, we're not going to let we're not going to sit idly by and let things change because we fought so hard for it. So um, I'm glad I was a part of it. Um, and from what I know, there wasn't a single arrest worldwide or nationwide on during the Women's March. That's so what they were, that was yeah, that's what they were um, reporting. The D.C. police specifically made mention that there was no arrests or no uh, you know disturbances of any kind, which is good. It's good to see. Um, and the other thing that was really interesting to see was, uh, that the Metro Rail announced that this was the second largest day of ridership in the history of the Metro Rail. It just behind Barack Obama's 2009 inauguration had 1.12 million riders. <laughs> you and- sneaky fucker backdooring us back to the inauguration. <laughs> Look at you. Uh, master oh, of the segue, Kush. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, they uh they got over a million. It was the only time, only two times that the Metro Rail has ever had over nine hundred thousand riders in a day. Was Barack Obama's two thousand nine inauguration, and then this Women's March in D.C., which is kind of remarkable. Yeah, when you think about it, I mean, I know Donald Trump probably hates this, but the Women's March drew way more people than his inauguration. It well, okay, well now that we're back to that, I I, I think we've. We've dug into it long enough. Uh, I think it happened. I'm dealing with it. Um, you know, I'm going to move forward. I do want to bring us back to one small thing that we talked about last week with the inauguration. Michael, are you familiar with the band Smash Mouth? Oh, yeah, I am. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm going to. I'm going to. They're all stars. Well, it's funny you mention it. Um, <laughs> so two confessions. Uh, one, I'm about 90 percent sure that the first physical cd that i ever bought was uh smash mouth uh their oh, debut album oh, yeah a little, God, Kush. yeah a little walking on the sun a little bit all-star wow um yeah you know it's times but, um, like these that i realize how much older i am than you because my first cd was live throwing copper and uh, uh nirvana unplugged Right. Would so. you? Did you almost say that it's times like these that you realize that you wouldn't be my friend if we had met like three years earlier? Because <laughs> if that's true, it's okay. I'd be sad, but Look, I'd I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to pretend like I wasn't a Smash Mouth fan. I didn't buy. I've never yeah, bought their were. CDs, but that's because by the time that they were actually making CDs, I had like Napster and LimeWire, so I didn't need to yeah. buy things anymore. 
you had that good good internet. Um, yeah, I could hide everything. my shame in my own room and listen to Smash Mouth by myself. Speaking of internet and shameful things, I want to play something for you because I kind of went down a YouTube uh, rabbit hole. <laughs> Did it end at Lizard People? I didn't get quite down that far. Although one of the screen caps of this video I am about to play for you is a uh, live action Shrek man standing next oh. to Guy Fieri. Oh my god, I'm so excited right now. Okay, so I'm going to play this song for you real quick. Uh, All right. I'm going to play a couple couple seconds, and I want you to identify the song for me real quick. Do you is know this song? Mad World? It is Mad World. Yes. It is Mad World. Donnie okay, Darko. So, yes, I know this one. Yes, so you recognize that song. Okay. I, I now, the title it. of this video, and I'm now looking at a live-action Shrek man. <laughs> the title of this video is All-Star... But the melody is digitally remastered to be 200% more depressing. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to continue playing it for you now. Somebody once told me the world is gonna roll me. I ate the sharpest stool in the shed. She was looking kind of dumb with her finger. Red as thumb in the shape of it. Happening. What? What? Okay. First of all, um, wow. <laughs> I wanted to get back to the core of the show. Second that we of would all, just... <laughs> second of all, uh, why? Why did why did someone do this? Michael, would you like to hear All Star? But it's a Bach choral following the conventions <laughs> of the common pra common practice period. <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah. I would. We might get sued by Smash Mouth because I'm pretty sure they have no more money left. <laughs> well, they did just get that good, good inauguration money. Um, so, Michael, I kind of went down this black hole of YouTube videos. A lot of people have singled out All Star by Smash Mouth uh, to just like redo all of their songs. Why is this happening? Why is this happening? Please tell me you researched into why this is happening. I tried to find an answer, but I couldn't. And literally, I'm looking right now at uh, Evanescence's Bring Me to Life, but it's performed by Smash Mouth, but it's still to the tune of the original song. Oh my god, what? So, is Michael, this, Smash, this just, Is this like a viral marketing campaign by Smash Mouth? It has to be, right? Like, there's no, no way this that is, somebody, just, like, the world just decided that Smash Mouth needs to be doing every song in Smash Mouth. <laughs> This was just a, a true trend in the lowest of places. Oh my and God, somehow yes. people have latched on to All Star by by Smash Mouth oh. as the voice of a generation. Are there any uh, versions of All Star where it's actually just a Gregorian chant, but it still has him singing the words for All Star? Oh, there's not. Fuck, oh. but I'm gonna make one. But now we're gonna I make will. one and we're gonna be we're gonna be viral hits. Mm -hmm. Viral yeah, sensations. Damn, damn it. I do want to hear this bring me to life, and then we can get back on track. <laughs> oh my god, this is so good. I'm so excited right now. I wish people could see your face right now. You are you are the happiest I have seen you in a long time right now. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh my god. Okay, that was okay. Oh Christ. Okay, so yeah, I just felt like <laughs> I, I felt like Smash Mouth was um, just a nice palate cleanser for, and like literally a trend in the lowest of places. Um, okay, um, and I feel if like... you have a moment, please dig dig into that YouTube black hole because it is oh, worth everyone's while. You need to put a link to that on on the show notes webpage, the the blog. Post yeah, everyone, don't that. worry. Uh, check goodbuddymedia.com/blog. Oh this will be on the show notes for. Uh, 
Trends and Low Places episode six. You you know it will be. Um, oh my god! Wow. Um, and then ours when we get our Gregorian chant one done, it will also be up there. Yeah, yeah. me and Michael are planning to do a Gregorian chant version of yeah. <laughs> All Star. It's gonna make us. It's gonna make us like a thousand internet dollars for sure. Yeah. Which, to be fair, will be more than this show, so that sounds pretty chill. <laughs> um, but speaking of trends in low places, Michael, what do you know about toilets? <laughs> that was a segue. That was a, <laughs> yeah, was a segue right. right there. Boom. Knocked it right out of the park. As a user of fine toilets for a uh, majority of my life, I would say fine that I know toilets. quite a Ooh, bit about... Okay, Mr. Yeah. Fancy Butthole. Yeah. Okay, fine toilets. I know, I know quite a bit about toilets. So, Michael, I ask about toilets because I read an interesting story. Japan is hosting the Olympics in 2020 in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. And um, I know you and I have both visited Tokyo in the last year. Um, yep. And I had a confusing time with this. So Oddly enough, we did it together. We did it together, yeah. And so the Japanese toilet industry facing the 2020 Olympics in an influx of tourism has agreed to standardize the very complex bidet controls on their uh, on their electronic oh, toilets. Thank God. Because yeah. they have these space-aged freaking toilets that are so confusing with really weird symbols. One that looks like there's water shooting at a butt maybe but then there's yeah. one shooting at a also a butt but a person a full person is sitting on it and you're like what's the difference between these two yeah there are like hurricanes on there right. uh, a gust of wind so i wanted to invite our good friend oded who listeners of our sister show longest days of our lives might recognize from uh, our 3 uh, everything's Copa to talk to us about Japanese toilets. He's a accomplished international traveler. And when I was over in Tokyo, I didn't get a chance to fully appreciate the wonder of the Japanese bidet. So I wanted Oded to come and talk to us about toilets. And he is the first honest to goodness expert that we are going to have on this show. He is yeah. an expert in international toilets. And I'm really excited about this. Yeah. So, uh, Folks, we're going to head over to Oded. Join us after the break. Somebody, somebody, somebody. So, Oded, welcome to Trends in Low Places. How you doing, bud? I'm great, guys. Thanks so much for having me. Real pleasure. Yeah, so um, l- listeners of Longest Days of Our Lives, our 24 podcast, might recognize Oded from uh, episode three, Everything's Copa, but... Uh, he was kind enough to lend us his time today on a uh, topic of the utmost importance. So thank you, Adad. Yeah, absolutely. Really passionate about the topic at hand. Yes. Yeah, so the topic at hand being um, Japanese toilets and the water that they shoot up your butt. <laughs> I can't really think of anything else that's more important right now than this topic. <laughs> yeah, very important. And uh, a lot of cultural significance. Uh, Japan is hosting the 2020 Olympic Games in Tokyo. And I think they've realized that on a broad scale, their the iconography they use to help people get around their cities is maybe a little outdated, and no no place more so than on their magical toilets. And Oded, you're a world traveler, uh, accomplished businessman, and uh, you've been around the block, huh? Uh, yeah, especially in the bathroom. So I was in uh, Seoul, Korea, about two years ago on a business trip. And my coworker and I, every night, we're staying at a pretty nice hotel in downtown Seoul. And every night we'd have a drink at the, at the bar and, and he would try and talk me into using the Japanese toilet in our, uh, in the room. And every night I was too chicken. And then finally, like six nights in, he goes, look, man, you have to do this. I go, all right, all right, I'm going to try it. And he's like, okay, and you have to live, like, text me throughout the entire experience. Well, I have an so, important you know. question. So are you trying to tell me that you were there for six days and you did not use the toilet? Or you just didn't use the the water part of the toilet? Yeah, I went Neanderthal style and just wiped my butt okay. with uh, toilet okay, paper. Yeah. Like a wow. like a plebe. Yeah. Yes. Right. Okay. Yeah, like it's such an idiot. Yeah. And then after, all right, so that night I go down there and I'm, I'm like, you know, six or seven drinks in. And this thing, it, the Japanese toilet is a complex piece of machinery. I mean, you hit a button to 
that that will lift the lid for you. You sit down, it's heated. Um, there's a like remote control on the right side of it that is full of Japanese characters and pictures of butts and water, and you have no idea and what's like going on. Like hurricane symbols. That's what got yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. Which being from South Florida, like I don't want that yeah, anywhere I'm, near exactly. my butt. Yeah. But here we are. So. You know, I do my thing, and then the moment of truth comes, and, and this guy's like, you have to text me throughout. He's like, just get ready to giggle. I go, okay, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> so I press the button, and you can tell there's like some levers and mechanisms going on, and there's this noise like, and then and, and then the, all sound stops, like a hush falls into the toilet bathroom space, and then a like crazy jet of water just fires up right in your butthole like you have no idea how it found it because you could have been sitting anywhere in that toilet but man it just goes right in there and yeah you can't help but giggle and so you're just kind of sitting there and you're like should probably let this thing go a little bit longer just to make sure yeah and uh and then yeah, it's just like the weirdest feeling in the world. I'd never done anything like that before. So and how text- did you know which button to press? Because I'm looking at the icons right now, and there's like like pictures of butt cheeks with like a little fountain, but also like a full human being with like a bigger fountain. <laughs> what? How did you know what to press? Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting and very controversial what's going on with uh you know the Tokyo Japanese toilets for the Olympics because the the ones I had didn't have any of these symbols here. It was like a like a jet of water that a dude was sitting on top of. So I press that button, um, and man, magic. Like, I really have no earthly idea how that thing found my butthole, <laughs> but it did. So to <laughs> me, I see that icon, I see, like, every, like, cartoon ever, like, DuckTales, like, sitting on top of a geyser, and it's just someone sitting on top of the water. That's what I see from that icon. Right, but. yeah, the one the one is definitely shooting at your butt. Okay, I can get that one. But then there's yeah, one where it, it literally looks like, if I press this button... This is going to shoot me straight out of the stall. <laughs> yeah. That's the goal. Right. And so, yeah, uh, you know, it's incredible. But then I then I look a little bit closer and it looks like maybe there's they're showing that that one symbol has long hair. Like maybe that's the that's for that's ladies. For ladies. And maybe it's not oh, just that's, for lady butts. That's the day. I think the hurricane is uh is for the water up your butt. Okay. Powerful. The smaller <laughs> hurricanes like a tropical storm up your butt. Okay. <laughs> Then you have bidet options. Okay. Like one for the rear, one for the front. I'm guessing. I mean, it's in Japanese and it's, you know, maybe these universal symbols aren't that universal. Then <laughs> it looks like they're universal yeah, they, to those 10 guys standing right there. Right. There well, I do want to say we all visited Tokyo about maybe eight months ago. And Michael, to your point, we weren't there long, but I am the kind of guy who might go five days on a trip without needing to use the toilet because all messed up down there. Um, but I tried to use one of these things and it was broken. I didn't. I was pressing all the buttons oh, you, and nothing was happening. Poor, and I was so poor man. I was so yeah, upset. We'll, we'll go back. I promise. Because I mean, for the listeners out there, it shoots the water up your butt and then you hit a fan and it dries you off and then there's no need for toilet paper. It's like it's like the uh, demolition man three seashells thing come to life. <laughs> it's I'm over. not gonna lie. So, the first time, the first time I still used toilet paper because I was like, I don't, I don't trust this. Of course, because you're 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 not a savage. You have to check back there, and I I did the same thing. But each time that toilet paper is coming out clean, and you're like, what a miracle of life this Japanese toilet is. And then you go back home, and you're like, what is? I have to take dead pieces of of tree and just shove them up my uh up my butt cheeks to clean myself <laughs> off. Now that's ridiculous. I've seen the sense. future. So guys, yeah. I actually found. Uh, meanings for the icons okay okay good and there's something i like even beyond the you know so the more i look at these japanese toilets i realize that we in america are just brutal savages and don't understand anything about the finer points of life um but so you have raise the lid raise the seat uh large flush and small flush which is a nice innovation i think oh yeah that's good you know some of the toilets here have that and they have like the two different buttons but you right. end up just I never pressing know that both means. of them because you yeah. have no idea what's happening. Yeah, and then a rear sp- rear spray, okay. bidet, dry, and stop. Okay, so the, the lady one yeah. is bidet and the other one is rear spray. Is the rear spray yeah. the one that goes up your b-hole then? Yeah, it's got to be. Okay. I, would, I would assume so. And the bidet yeah. is just like but, a trickle of water? Yeah, bidet is just like a splash. I mean, for the, for the uninitiated, this 
like when it's cleaning you out, we're talking about a powerful force of water going up there and just and just fixing you right up. Versus like a bidet is if you're standing over a sink and, and taking your hand and just kind of splashing water okay. around. A little bird just bath. To, yeah. yeah, bird bath. Okay. Total yeah, bird sure. bath. They're, they have nothing to do with each other at all. So anytime someone says, oh, a Japanese toilet is just like a bidet, it's it's not at all. And it's it's one of my missions in life to to educate people on that. Well, and, that, and that's why you're here right now as an expert is to to educate the people. Yeah. And these things are amazing. I mean, they, you can buy them online and, and get them, uh, installed in your, in your house or apartment, but they are pricey. I mean, we're talking like five to 10,000. So be plan on being somewhere for a little while. Well, so uh, here's a, here's a question. Do, can I completely stop using toilet paper if yes. I need to? Really? Yes. Yeah. So you're saving the environment. And I mean, depending on how often you go number two, which I mean, could be very often, um, yeah, it pays for itself in like six months. Yeah, you know they have they have some of these attachments like toilet seat attachments now, but the problem with that is you can only hook it up to the water line that that currently exists, and so you have to be able to run hot water or at least warm water to your toilet because yeah, I, I wouldn't want hot water spraying well, up at me. <laughs> at least you can't adjust the temperature I'm just saying, on these like, things. In Chicago in the winter time, that water is coming out of there at like 40 degrees and I'm not even joking. So if you tried to shoot 40 degree water up your beehole, that would not make me giggle. That would make me yeah, scream wouldn't go up. I mean, and jump off you, the toilet in terror. <laughs> hey, you'd be locked up. That water's just splashing all over yeah. the place. It's not going yeah. anywhere. So, Oded, uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we really appreciate your insight on uh, all sorts of topics, but definitely Japanese toilets and yeah. how they make your butt feel. Oh, absolutely. If you guys are ever in Asia in a high-end hotel that has one of these toilets where you see the remote control on the on the right side, give it a whirl. It is a life-changing experience, and it, it makes it tough to go back home. I, I tried. <laughs> I had to go back home. Raw butthole. It sucks. <laughs> so, you got you got blue butthole. Yeah. I guess, I guess we're going to have to go back. All right, Oded, uh, thanks for joining us. Everyone else will be right back. All right, pleasure. So, Kush, you talked about the wonderful segue of trends in the absolute lowest of places with the toilets. Poop palaces. Yeah. But when you go really low, I go high. And so my trend is from one of the highest places, uh, an airplane. Ooh, okay. Fancy. You know, there is an ongoing feud that I see on Twitter, on Facebook, in real life sometimes about reclining your seat on an airplane. Okay. So I am very pro recline. Well, I I, I will fight you. Yeah. Just hear me out real quick. I'd rather not, but continue. We have to because we're on a podcast together. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, we have they've started basically compressing these seats more and more in economy. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm a tall person. And in order to be able to even like sit up in in a way that doesn't feel completely unnatural, I have to recline my seat. And as a fellow tall person, I feel like you would be able to appreciate this, but it sounds like you don't. Yeah, well, as a fellow tall, I feel like you would appreciate where I'm coming from. And I think it's maybe the differences in our our tall. Because mm-hmm. all of my height is in my legs, and it, a lot of your height is in your neck. Yeah, this is um, true. It's in my neck. <laughs> a little a bit in my torso. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, and maybe it's because I have pitch-perfect posture, very straight back. Yeah. Um, no, I, I like, like to slouch. sit. No, I like to sit up, but for me, my knees are so high and so far into the seat ahead of me already. And like mm-hmm. you said, a a nice Delta flight. If I'm play, paying for a premium, premium economy uh, experience, <laughs> a Delta flight, I believe, is like 32 inches. If you're on Spirit, you're looking at maybe a 29 inch knee mm-hmm. knee room. Yeah. So when someone reclines in front of me. They're very much impeding on my my knee space, mm. which is already not very so big. So you're saying you're saying that not only can you not recline your seat on an airplane, even if I pay for economy plus, so I'm paying extra for the seat to pick the seat that I want to be in. You're saying mm-hmm. that I still cannot recline my seat, even if I've paid extra for the seat I'm in. I'm gonna say that if you have paid for economy plus plus in front of me, 
my knees will be in your back and I will push back against you the entire flight. <laughs> See, I actually kind of enjoy it when the person in front of me reclines because one of the most comfortable ways I've found to sleep on an airplane is by actually scooting my butt all the way back against the seat and then leaning forward and I'll take I'll take like a blanket or something and I'll I'll put it against the seat in front of me and kind of rest my head on it and it's much right. easier to do when the seat's reclined. So, you well, know, I would encourage the person in front of me to recline their seat. Well, you've just struck upon an interesting point because we talked about Tokyo earlier and on my personal journey to Tokyo, uh which was about 18 hours, I didn't sleep the entire time even though I tried to. I can't sleep on planes. And I also, I feel bad reclining, given my hatred of reclining. So I was sitting ramrod straight the entire flight to Tokyo, fighting my knees against the person in front of me, who on that flight, I actually kind of gave them leeway. Uh, but when I'm on a, like, I used to fly from Gainesville to Atlanta, Gainesville, Florida to Atlanta a lot, which is about an hour. Mm-hmm. And on an afternoon flight, a basically a 45 minute flight, if you're trying to recline on that bad boy, which was like a little regional jump jet, you best believe I will fight you with every fiber of my being so you know unless it's a unless it's a long flight i will give you that if it's a long flight i'm definitely trying to recline if it's a short flight i may give it just a a little bump like maybe half an inch just because i feel i feel like they're not even sitting up straight the seats like they're actively throwing you forward yeah am i wrong maybe it's just the way i sit up against the seat but so okay so you're saying that not only if i pay for economy plus so i've paid for my seat and I still cannot recline. All right. So then you paid for the seat. You didn't pay for my courtesy to you because I've also paid for my I seat. Paid, I paid for for everything encompassing the seat and the seat has a recliner on it. So I've paid for that recline option. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've picked the seat. I didn't pick the one in front of the exit row that doesn't recline. Right. Clearly, yeah. they make seats that don't recline. If they didn't want me to recline, uh, they would just make me not recline. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, yes, uh, yeah, the recline uh-huh, function see? is, a, a, again, I, I'm not saying people can't recline on a flight, I, you know, especially night flights or early morning stuff. I'm not going to fight you on it, except I will actually literally <laughs> fight you with my knees. Like, I'm I'm 6'4", uh, like, like your seat is in my knees. So, yeah, you can try to recline or you can be a big boy and sleep sitting straight up. I don't care. Here's the question, though. Would you rather the person in front of you recline their seat on the airplane or, or the jump person out the immediately? Plane? Yeah, that one. Or the me- person immediately next to you just watching some banging hardcore porn right next to you? <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> well, it seems like you. That's a pointed question. Um, yeah, you know what? I can. Ooh, um, what if they paid for Economy Plus? Can they can they then watch porn on the plane? Uh, sorry, uh, flight attendant, I've paid for Economy Plus. I can do whatever. I'm king of this plane. I can do whatever the fuck I want. I paid for Economy Plus and I paid for the in-flight Wi-Fi. So I'm going to watch you porn this entire flight. Thank you very much. Okay. Yeah. The in-flight Wi-Fi can't stream Netflix, but don't you worry. It'll stream high dev porn. Um, Um, yeah, I guess. Yeah. No standard dev porn. I'm I'm on my phone. I'm a gentleman. Right. Okay. Yeah. I don't need that crisp, crisp picture. Um, (laughs) Ooh, wow, that's a doozy. Yeah, I guess I would let people lean up on my knees then, yeah. instead of uh, watching porn. Yeah, so I came across the story of a flight attendant basically recalling times that they've had to stop people from watching porn on an airplane. Like, multiple times. Like, this is something that people just get onto an airplane and they're like, well, I have three hours to kill, so I'm just gonna watch porn? I don't understand. Like, she didn't say that they were like, participating in the porn experience they were just watching it what's watching yeah it's like um you know i've read a lot of stephen king this month and i've seen hunger games three times so i guess i should probably just watch backdoor bangers three it's an odd thing for me to think that there is people that there are people out there who just like to watch porn so much that they're here i'm here for the craft right yeah, like they're really, you know, the director really does a good job of setting up this scene with the pizza boy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, um, do you have experience with this or did you just, I mean, that sounds bananas. I mean, like, I've seen some dumb shit on flights, but mostly around like people walking their dogs up no, and down, like, which is fine. No, but. thank thank God the person next to me has never watched porn or the person in front of me. But like, can you imagine if you're on this flight and I mean, there's kids everywhere on flights like. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I've heard stories of people getting upset about, like, watching the show Supergirl, which had a character who came out a- as gay and, like, shared a kiss with another woman. And, like, that person was like, oh, my God, I can't believe you're watching this trash and the complaint of the, the stewardess. I can't imagine – or the flight attendant. I can't imagine, like, someone – what the hell? I was trying to watch Game of Thrones on the airplane once. It was a poor, poor choice. Poor choice, but immediately when when it got to the first scene that was very porn like, I was like, "Oh shit!" And I I closed you know I closed the movie, I turned it off, and I was like, "I I clearly can't keep watching this. I need to move to something else. That is, I need to move to the wire where all they're doing is just killing each other rather than you know right. showing boobies." So that reminds me very. Um, I had. Sort of blocked this out of my memory. Um, <laughs> okay. But, <laughs> Repressed um, memory is the best kind. Yeah. So I think uh, it, it was with a uh, an ex-girlfriend of mine and uh, we were fly- we were on vacation. I th- actually, I think we were going to, to hang out with you guys. And my ex-girlfriend is a, uh, she's starting to be a midwife. So, you know, very much into childbirth. And she pulled up a video on her phone as the plane is taxiing away from the gate. Of just a woman giving birth and then had oh, another no. one of a C-section, no. and, which I'm fully on board. The miracle of birth. I think it's great. I think it's her- like terrific. Oh, but no. um, like it was literal vaginal birth oh, on her no. phone. And, like, she's like, it's beautiful. Watch it. I'm just like, yeah, it's great. But one, I don't want to look at it. Two. Um, no one else on this plane wants to look at it. So, like, she's showing it to me. She's yelling at me that I, like, I'm not looking at it, which was fine. But, um, yeah, like, no, covering I'm on, up look, with I'm my hands, board. like... I'm on board the miracle of birth. I do not, I do not want to in any way equate, equate like, a video of childbirth to pornography. I, that was not my intention. But, uh, on, on the on level the same of... same spectrum. On, on the level of things you should watch on a plane. Yes. Um, there they're close enough. Yeah, no, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not okay with porn on the plane. I'm not, I'm not okay with childbirth videos on the plane. Th- those are all things that should not happen on an airplane. Like you should just get onto it and you should fly to your destination and then you can do all of that stuff wherever you want, just not on the airplane. Yeah. I mean, like definitely watch porn. Porn's great. Everyone who watches porn, whatever. That's fine. Yeah. 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 We don't on the plane. Like, I mean, <laughs> even if you love the craft. Oh, and Kush. Oddly enough, that was not my sexy, sexy story of the week. Wait, are you serious? No, that was not. That was just that was just a little aside talking about airplanes. That, okay, that was just my sexy, sex sexy sky. story of the week is so much better than that. Yeah. Okay. Go on. I I, I literally can't wait. All right. Which, which, by the way, I I want to flip the script on you eventually here because I feel like a lot of this show has been me. Just angrily reacting to a lot of things you've said, <laughs> which I think between the two of us, that's your wheelhouse. You're a little bit more likely to go on a rant about things. So I, I promise next week I'm going to find you a, a juicy morsel okay. for you to just okay, latch on to. Yeah. I'm excited. Speaking of juicy morsels. Uh, oh, no. Oh, no. So my sexy, sexy story of the week last week was a man smuggling a snake, a snake in his pants. In his pants, he. And he you know how python. you know how I felt about that. He had a python in his pants, Kush. Yeah. And you did not like it at all. So, this week I've brought you a story about another man with a python in his pants. Wait, okay. Are we talking just a massive penis or? Oh yeah. Like a litter. Okay. No, okay, just cool. he's he's got a massive dong. Okay, that's I, cool. If dude's hanging dong, that's fine. If he, if we're talking about literal little snakes, I'm not into it. Roberto Esquivel Cabrera. He's okay. a Mexican man. He's 54 years old. He is upset that he is not in the Guinness Book of World Records. The current for unofficial record for longest schlong is a U.S. actor named Jonah Falcon, whose penis was 9.5 inches flaccid and 13.5 inches when erect. And this man... I gotta tell that, you, I feel very inadequate right now. Yeah, his is much bigger than that, but I bet you can't guess how big his penis is. So the current unofficial record is nine and a half inches flaccid. What do you think that Mr. Roberto Cabrera's penis is? I mean, I gotta be honest, we're already working so many standard deviations beyond my own penis. <laughs> I can't, like, I don't know. Um, I'm gonna guess 
14 inches flaccid, 21 inches, which you're is bananas. Even, That's like close. a donkey dick. You're not even close. Too high? This man, this man has a, a half meter penis. I don't know your metric bullshit. Give it to me in, in Eight, American. 18, 18.9 inches, Kush, flaccid. What? Huh? Flat? Huh? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. He's, that's, um... That's longer than my fucking arm, and I'm very big. <laughs> in the arm. My penis is pretty average. I don't know. Sorry, yeah, Mom. so... Uh, the doctors believe my mom is one um, of our eight listeners. They're going to cut this out. (laughs) The doctors believe that he has been obsessed with penis size since he was a teenager. And he would actually attach weights to his penis to try and lengthen it. And so over the course of, over the course of the 40 years since he was a teenager, he has stretched his penis to 18 inches. But that's the thing is, it's not even like a, it's not like a crazy straw. Like, it's girthy, too. Like, he he literally has never had sex with a woman because there is nobody that can handle it. Okay, well, now I'm forced to ask a couple of questions. Please um, do. So, one, I actually ha- have seen, uh, I remember a couple of years ago, there was some photos from, like, Reuters was at it like a penis stretching contest like to see how many like how much weight they could handle yeah. um mm-hmm. but what is the point of having a massive you know I downstairs dongle if you're not giving know. it to people he's obsessed with it he says okay can, he, can he get can he get erect um kind of so part yeah, of the because, problem I mean, is part that, of that is the bone in your dick so what, what like there's because there's no bone in your dick Okay, then edit this out. <laughs> How do you break your penis? Then? It's all it's all muscle. You don't actually break your penis. You you sprain the muscle. Okay, we're definitely editing all this out. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I almost like one time I thought I almost broke my dick. <laughs> I think we've all been there. I've seen DJ Qualls. He broke yeah. his dick. So, <laughs> so basically, they did a scan of his penis. And it turns out the the bulk of his penis is actually just foreskin, and that that's the worst part. Yeah. So and <laughs> you know, I got rid of that when I was a half week old. That's the worst part of your penis. So it's basically like the actual penis stops at about seven and a half inches, which is still pretty large. Yeah, that's a it's a respectable dick. Um, but he stretched it to. To a lot longer than that, and his friends <laughs> and his think? doctors and everyone is like. Look, all we need to do is just just reshape it and make it a little bit smaller, and then you can live a normal life where you could have sex with people. And he is like, no, I am famous because of the size of my penis, and I enjoy having the fame, and I enjoy being a macho, macho man who has a giant dick. I'm going to be really, really brutally honest with this guy. He is not famous for the size of his dick because I've never heard of him until you told me about him. And you're like... You had yeah. to scour the internet for this dude. Yeah. Also, yeah, how does so he walk around? It rests on his knee. Oh my god. And not only that, he actually... The Mexican government has finally agreed that he... That it, it's considered a disability. Because he can't, like, move very fast because it, like, sits yeah, on his knee. He can't, like, kneel down and his, do work. Pants. Yeah. Who is this guy? I don't even know. This Okay, we've so talked about So in this about... story, wait, in this story there are so many blurred pictures of this guy's dog. But they also have a comparison of other animals average penis sizes. Uh the blue whale is 96 inches, which is uh what is that about about 6 times Roberto Cabrera's. Uh yeah. an elephant is 72 inches, a giraffe is 40 inches. A walrus is 25 inches. So you better hit those weights, yeah. buddy boy. The average um, I will human say, is five inches. Yeah. A, a oh. gorilla is only an inch, Kush. Gorilla? Yeah. Oh, my man. Gorillas. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I will say, speaking of videos, I remember watching like Planet Earth and like the southern right whale had like a really weird like snaky penis that I that really scared me. Um, Pigs have squir- corkscrew penises that oh, are 18 God. inches long. Oh, so weird. Anyway, I will say 
this just reminds me of our, our, I think, episode two and three conversation about like toxic masculinity. And just like, again, one, no one gives a flying shit about the size of your penis at all if it nope. gets the job done. Mm-hmm. Two, like he can't get the job done because he can't have sex with anybody because yep. his dick is 11 and a half inches longer than it should be. Like, what is going on? Like, uh, Mike, so, I don't like this story. So he said. What did he say? I don't feel sad because I know in the U.S. there are a lot of women. One of them will be the right size for me. No, no one has a, no, like a 19 inch vagina. Are you kidding me, my man? Also, can he even masturbate? What is he doing? How does it take like three, four, five hands to hit that? <laughs> he Michael, can't even get a job as a porn guy, star because it's just too big. Too big. Yeah. Okay. You know what? And if porn stars aren't willing to handle his shit, like he's not going to find just a random person. Roberto, it sounds like you need help and I want you to find it. Yes. He needs help. Um, probably slinging his 18-inch member around because... Okay, uh, oh, wait a second. Okay, <laughs> so I do want to say that this all does remind me of a one of my favorite um, Whose Line Is It Anyways? like sketches of all time. It's Colin Mocker on the left, Ryan Stiles on the right, and the clue was checking another man out of the urinal. <laughs> and... So Colin Mocker walks up first. Ryan Stiles walks up second. Takes a look over the little boundaries thing. Nods once. And then takes both hands and does a sling over the shoulder motion. <laughs> and, wa- and, like, and walks away, like nodding appreciatively. And that is one of the purest ex- like expressions of comedy I've ever seen in my entire life. Especially because Colin Mockery pretty much fell down laughing when he saw it. <laughs> Did you enjoy the trouser python story from yesterday or from last week or this trouser python story better? (laughs) Honestly, I found it easier to make fun of the the snake trousers from last week (laughs) because that is just someone who's trying to like, oh, I want the snake. I'm going to steal it and I can make fun of him. This guy is like literally just sad that he's beholden to this image that his penis matters to anybody other than himself. Right. And I No, it doesn't it. matter, but at the same time I kind of want to see what an 18.9 inch penis looks like. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Somebody somebody. But you know what, speaking of of P and um <laughs> <laughs> I realized I used speaking of as a, a a segue recently. Michael, um have what do you know about lemonade? <laughs> Oh God! Uh, yeah, did I ruin the lemonade for everybody? Yeah, you ruined you ruined lemon. Now all I can think of is a uh, milk, milk lemonade. The other Around side the corner, is fudges made. Fudges made. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, I I enjoy a good lemonade, mostly mixed with um, like an iced tea for a little sure. Arnold Palmer action. So can you explain to me what lemonade is? Uh, well, lemonade is lemon freshly squeezed lemon juice mixed with some mm-hmm. water and some and some sugar or it's a Beyonce album. Right. Two great answers. Mm-hmm. Um have you ever tried so I I like lemonade but um I haven't really drank it much recently. Um it's not really my drink of choice in, unless it's like a hot summer day. Yeah. Um, of course. Have you ever tried to order it in a foreign country? Oh, no. I actually no, I haven't. Okay. But I'm interested so, where this is going since you started it out with speaking of peace. <laughs> well, that was just more of a convenient yellow liquid okay. segue. Okay, thank God. I thought you were going to tell me that if you order this in a foreign country, you're just getting urine. Close enough. Oh, um, no. <laughs> so I, I'm going to read an, a, a uh, Tumblr post to you, and I want you to just absorb all of it. Okay. Okay, I'm listening. So this is from a... A woman in Aus- in Australia. No, it might not be a woman. Just a person in Australia. It says, laughing my ass off, this American girl walked up to a Hungry Jack's, a Burger King, with her register <laughs> with her drink, and really, really loudly, I was at the other side of the place, proclaimed, "I asked for a lemonade, and you gave me a Sprite." In a really bitchy, entitled voice, the <laughs> cashier 
and everyone with within earshot just looked at her like, what the fuck is wrong with you? In Australia, Sprite is lemonade as far as we're concerned. Enjoy your 90 cents refund, you cheap ass hoe. And uh, it goes huh. from there. So in Australia, Sprite is lemonade? Here's Do the they thing. just ignore the lime part of the lemon lime drink? There's that. Also, here we go. A comment below this. Lemonade is Sprite. Clear, fizzy liquid type thing. Solo is closer mm. to what American Lemonade is, but we don't actually have what you guys consider Lemonade anyway, so she was never going to get what, what she wanted. Do they not have lemons in Australia? So, Michael, I know how I feel about Australia and that it is a content that sort of exists on its own, like, level of existence. Like, it's got things that kill you at every turn, um, got everything. But apparently, Vegemite, yeah, all the good stuff. Apparently, what we, what people in Australia consider lemonade, we would consider soda water with lemon in it. Okay, so it's like a, like a lemon LaCroix. Kind of. Okay. Yes, but like there's there seems to be a very much disconnect and it might be one of those things that people just in the U.S. understand as a delicious drink. It seems like no one on the rest of the planet, because apparently this stretches to Europe and Asia. If you order a lemonade, you're getting a Sprite or a soda water with lemon. Huh. That is interesting because like I feel like an aid, like lemonade, limeade. Kool-Aid, like, it's pretty well established in the United States as that's, that's sugar and water and some kind of flavoring. Yeah. Like, there's no fizziness involved. Like, how did they get to the fizziness part of the aid? I, I don't think understand. It's just, yeah, I think it's just one of those things, like... You know what? Actually, that does make sense. When I was in Germany, you cannot get just tap water. Like, if you order water, it is fizzy water, and you can either order, like, medium fizz heavy fizz or light fizz if you want tap water you basically in germany you basically have to ask for like toilet water i think is the the actual phrase (laughs) means like toilet water because they don't understand drinking water water. yeah they don't understand like drinking water that doesn't have fizz they assume that like that's wastewater and then good water has fizz so i guess i can understand how lemonade then would just be like a flavored fizzy water Right. But like it's so the quote was, we don't actually have what you guys consider lemonade. And it like apparently people just don't slam lemon juice into sugar and water. The final post like quote of this post was, oh, my God, that's why American children can make lemonade and sell it so easily. I always wondered how kids could make a carbonated drink at home and sell it for money. And I'm just, it's one of these things like. Oh, the lemonade economy just isn't the same in Australia. Right. It's like we take these things for granted in the U.S. Like, yeah, we all have diabetes and the like infrastructure to to get everyone diabetes. And apparently no one else in the world has this. They just like, yeah, we drink very healthy like soda water with like a spritz of lemon juice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But one thing I, I wanted to ask you about, you mentioned it earlier. So Beyonce's album, Lemonade, Mm -hmm. how do you think people around the world, like, accepted that? You know, that's a good question. Because they had no fucking idea what she was talking about. Yeah, they're like, why is she singing about fizzy fizzy water water with lemon in it? With lemon in it. Why is she talking about Sprite and Fanta? Huh? (laughs) What? You know, you would think, though, that that after Beyonce's Lemonade album came out, that everyone just figured out what Lemonade was, because... I mean, Queen Bay told you what lemonade was. Yeah, apparently not. Like nothing, nothing. She didn't fix anything, huh? Even though she is in the, even though she is in the Illuminati and possibly a lizard, like a a reptile person. (laughs) Do you think that the Illuminati is reptile people, or do you think that the Illuminati and the reptile people are kind of like at odds? Uh, Can I make a phone call to my uncle real quick? Uh, Ring, 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 ring. Uh, uh, Oh, yep. He says they're the same thing, and everyone is trying to rule the world. That's good. Oops. Cool. Cool. Good to know. Yeah. Uh, oh, sorry, everyone. Uh, Beyonce and Jay-Z are reptilian people from the fourth dimension. Sorry. Oops. Hmm. Hmm. I think but I they saw are a video very, about that. They are very talented and super great. So. Yeah. Um. So, 
this is this is a fortuitous segue, Kush, because <laughs> you know, I have a good. We haven't ever had one of those on the show. <laughs> no, but like honestly, I had no idea what what story you were going to talk about. All I knew was you had something about lemonade, and I had a good story about Australia, and this fits so well. So I'm going to bring it up here. I'll be honest; I'm a little bit scared. So we all know we've talked about this. Australia is basically like nature's Thunderdome, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Everything there exists to kill you or to kill the other things that exist in Australia. Right? We know about snakes, spiders, sharks. Even kangaroos are just like right. roided up kangaroos, muscle freaks. Those guys dingoes, are dingoes, box yeah. jellyfish. What do you think out of all of those things, out of everything that exists in Australia, what do you think is responsible for the most deaths between 2000 and 2013? Just because you didn't say all the, you said a lot of dumb shit that lives in Australia that can kill you. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say platypus. I could give you a million guesses, and you would not come up with the fact that horses. <gasps> Damn. Yeah, I would not have gotten horses. there. Horses. Horses killed three times as many people as the next closest thing in Australia over a 13 year period. Okay, first of all, knowing what I know about Australia. Are Australian horses just fucking thirsty as hell? Are they I, like Georgia baby thirsty for death? You, you know, I it the article does not go into what kind of deaths the horses have put on people, but I assume a lot of kicking. You know, the, this per, this researcher started looking into deaths. They were looking at you know stinging insects, snakes, spiders, ticks, marine animals, those types of things, and she accidentally uncovered the fact that. Horses were responsible for 74 deaths over a 13-year period, whereas stinging insects and snakes were each only responsible for 27 apiece. Wow. Okay. So that reminds me of two things. Like, one, stinging insects, like mosquitoes, are responsible for, like, more deaths worldwide than, like, anything else on the planet, which is like, yeah, we could probably get rid of mosquitoes and be fine. But also, like, hippos in Africa kill more people than lions or any other thing. What the fuck are horses doing on that list? Australia's I, got all sorts know. of deadly shit. Like, maybe people are out there in the outback riding their horses, and maybe, like, snakes pop up or spiders, and the horses freak out, and they buck their owners off and kill them. I, I, like, I can't imagine there are just horses, like, wild horses roaming around, like, hoofing people to death. Well, I mean, you never know, because, like, from what I do know of Australia... Is that it is a barren wasteland <laughs> marked with like a couple of couple like of Mad cities. Max. Yeah, no, I mean, well, Mel Gibson. I don't know. He's Australian, I think. We can edit this out if he's not, but um, sounds right. Yeah, no, like I mean, it's just a desert full of creatures that want to kill you, marked by pockets of like civilization, and that even those pockets of civilization have death birds in them and spiders. <laughs> they have a spider Actually, who can. Su- who can swim? Between 2000, between 2000 and 2013, spiders were responsible for zero deaths in Australia. Wow. Okay. Well, welcome to the real world. Almost 12,000 hospital visits, but zero deaths. 12,000? Are you kidding me? Yeah, Ugh, so basically 1,000 get... a, a year. Do they not have newspapers in Australia? Just smack the <laughs> shit out of everything you see? Oh... <laughs> uh... Yeah, so um, next time you go to Australia, it's not necessarily the snakes and spiders you got to worry about. If you see a horse, you better fucking run the other direction because he is thirsty for your blood. I want to know why and how they're killing people. Are they just You know, the odd thing about this, though, on this list, um, I do not see kangaroos. I assume that's from the big kangaroo lobby. Not wanting you yeah, to know how Yeah, big kangaroos paying big money. I mean, mm-hmm. from what I've seen, uh, and there was that recent video of like that can- like that guy punching the kangaroo who had his dog in a headlock. Kush, um, would you punch a kangaroo to save your dog? Uh, yeah, I would do any, literally anything to save my dog. She would not return the favor, but um, I would, <laughs> I would, I would punch, I would face a kangaroo in Mortal Kombat, no problem, to save my dog from whatever fate that kangaroo had for it. And I will be honest, before, until recently, I would not have been too worried about it. I was like, oh, cool, you can hop around, you have a tail, fuck you. They are definitely, like, roided up muscle freaks who have 
who give no shits about anything. Like oh they're god, yeah. If you actually look at, a, at pictures of kangaroos, they are fucking disgusting creatures. They're just like they're muscle-bound rats with jump ability. Right, they look like if you put a giant rat head on on like the rock. Yeah, I mean, like the only reason that guy got away with punching that thing was that he surprised it and like yeah. didn't he backed off immediately? Like he yeah. he ran up to it, it dropped the dog, and then he punched it and like sort of ran away because like that thing would have literally ruined his day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, kangaroos yeah. can eat shit. I'm no longer on board with them. They used to be cool, <laughs> but no thanks. Somebody, somebody. All right, Michael. Yeah, so <laughs> I think we've. We've run around the topics a little bit. What else you got for me? This is, I think we're nearing the end of the episode. I wanted to end this on a, on a little bit of a different note. This isn't necessarily a trend, but I'm I'm hoping that we can make it a trend. So, you know, <laughs> well, we, don't we have, have seven listeners, so let's yeah, see what we can do. We're gonna we're gonna work on this. So, I was speaking to one of our our seven listeners, um, a very early adopter of trends in low places, and was it, it your wife? It was not. So it was one of my friends up here in Chicago, and they do not know you very well, but they were talking about how through this show and our banter that they feel like they know you very well now. And it's almost oh, like no. you're, you're besties. Oh, no. I've given my like most problematic opinions <laughs> on this show. Oh, <laughs> mysterious friend, I apologize. Oh, I'm so embarrassed. So... You know, I I can only assume that they're not going to be the first or I mean, they're not the last person who's going to enjoy the dulcet tones of Mr. Cushing. And so she suggested that you should have a fan club name. And so I I spent some time trying to come up with a a fan club name for for you, Cush. Um, I wish you had. I'm going to throw a couple at you and see see if you like any of these. I already hate everything. (laughs) So um, the first one I had was, uh, what about cushions? It's like a minion, but but a cushion. No, because one, minions are the worst thing to ever come out of pop culture (laughs) in the history of man. So that is like if humanity is ever remembered by a minion at all, we've been doomed as a shit race. Go so on. no so no cushions? You don't want no, people shit to, species. To, you don't no. want your fans to be thought of as like maybe very soft and Nope. You want to relax I, on them? As much nope. as I may be a soft boy, I don't want anyone <laughs> Nope. I'm not interested. What about what about Cushingtonians? It'd be like Washingtonians, but like Cushingtonians. What about just like a Cushmeister? Ooh. Yeah, Kushmeister. I like that one. My other, my other good one that I, I that really was, liked was that was my like uh, eight or nine year old like basketball like nickname. Okay, so it was on my jersey. Which one do you like better, Kushmeister or Kushasaurs? Ooh, now we're talking. Yeah, Kushasaurs are like Kushasorbs, like Zords, like Kusha Power Rangers. Is even yeah. better. Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna go with that one, Kushasorbs. Okay. Um, but could we erase all of this from everyone's collective memory and just be like <laughs> people who like Michael Cushing? Cause nope. No, that, you have a fan club now and um it's gotta it's gotta have a name. How about so. like Cush Friends? Cush Friends. <laughs> Michael, I cannot tell you how much this how uncomfortable all of this line of questioning makes me. I hate it. Oh god. <laughs> yeah, okay, well I'm gonna end it there just out of sheer just embarrassment i feel like this has been trends in low places episode six michael thank i hate you what happened you're welcome kush i love you can't wait to the next one i love you so much i can't wait to talk to you next week um everyone uh please go to goodbuddyamedia.com to check out uh this show more episodes and also our new show uh with me michael and our friend curtis the longest days of our lives where we talk about uh the show 24 starring the incomparable jack bauer Yes. Um, and Michael, tell tell people how they can help us out. So like Kush said, you can go to goodbuddymedia.com and you can find both of our podcasts there. We're also available on iTunes now and all of your favorite podcast apps. You can search for Good Buddy Media and find both of our shows or you can search for the individual shows. Um, subscribe, like, leave comments, leave ratings, whatever you feel like doing. Um, I will say it's very dumb, but like guys, like nothing is more important for new shows than uh, ratings and reviews. So, you know, even if you literally hate both of us, 
just throw us a five-star review and maybe leave a comment because that's how we uh, get helped out. So even if you hate us, give us a little love. Yeah, you know, and if you hate us so much that you listen to an hour of us talking about stupid, ridiculous shit like horses killing people in Australia and guys with 18-inch dongs (laughs) and you made it this far, uh, please give us a five-star review even (laughs) if you hate us. So, And to be fair, I don't know if I would. So, (laughs) Michael, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Everyone, thanks for listening. I hope you have a great time. And again, visit goodbuddymedia.com. And I can't wait for you to join us next week. Michael, I bid you adieu. Love you, Kish. Love you too. Toodles.